great future. We're talking real money. Well, welcome once again to the Talking Real Money Q&A edition. Hello, everybody. I'm Don McDonald. Glad you're here. Uh, weird day today at my house. Um, <laughs> see if you can hear in the background. No. At some point, you might hear faint music in the background. If you do, it's because there is a commercial being shot at my house right now. And my house has been invaded by about 40 people a full film crew. There's uh, their cranes and lighting equipment and the street is closed off and it's been quite the production. And in fact, there's a big production number in the commercial. So I'm hiding away in the studio now to do this episode and thank you for listening. We appreciate you all being there. And you know, if you've got questions, it's really, really, really easy to ask them of us because that's the, the basis of this show is really helping you with the things you need help with. And so you can call us 24-7 at 855-935-TALK with your questions. You can also call us every Saturday and actually have a conversation with us live from noon to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern, same number, 855-935-TALK. Or you can send in questions at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form, either spoken or written. On, on Fridays, we try to get through the many, many, many spoken questions that come in through TalkingRealMoney.com, and today is no different. We've got a whole bunch. So today, I'm going to get four or five questions in, and then I'm going to, over the next couple of days, record a bunch of other Q&As for the next three weeks, because for um, from the flyout on the 19th of July on vacation, and I don't get back here until the 8th of August. So I'm going to be gone for a while. Tom will be doing the Saturday shows. We will be missing Monday podcast because by the time I get the Saturday show to edit it when I'm in in uh, in Europe, uh, it's going to be really late. So we're not going to do Monday podcast for the next few weeks. We'll have one this coming Monday, but then after that, there'll be uh, – delayed so we'll have a tuesday wednesday thursday and a friday podcast so now you know everything that's happening there you have it and again thanks for being there send in your questions talkingrealmoney.com just like this one was sent in hi tom and don i'm considering putting a significant amount of money in avge i like the uh full diversification it offers both domestically and internationally uh, and the fact that I get exposure to both a small cap value and small cap growth. Um, the downside for me is that the inception date is September 2022, which means it's less than a year old. Uh, should I be concerned about that? Uh, love your show. Thank you. Bye. Well, there are a couple of reasons I wouldn't worry. One, the old adage, past performance does not indicate future results. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, even if you have a fund with a track record, and generally track records only, quote, matter uh, for actively managed funds, for really truly actively managed funds like stock picker funds, market timing funds. Yet, study after study have shown that funds can, for an extended period of time, have great track records and yet that means nothing for the period that follows that great track record. Oft times, great performance can be merely attributable to luck. But the nice thing about the Avantis uh, Total Market Fund or any other 
index or rules-based fund. And, and Avantis is not a slavish index fund. It doesn't follow an index, but they have rules about what can be in the portfolio. Certain types of asset classes, uh, certain, they want to overweight value. There are certain, like new, new offerings aren't immediately added. They have a lot of rules about what they do and how they do it. So therefore, they follow rules that can be tracked back to the earliest records of the stock market, which are the 20s. So we know that their style of investing has proven over an incredibly long period of time to uh, to do reasonably well. Does it mean it will in the future? Absolutely not. But the good news is Avantis has reasonably low fees. They have a rules-based approach. They have a massively diversified portfolio. So for a number of reasons, the fact that they don't have a track record should not impact your decision at all. Do they do the things that you believe an investment manager should do? And for us, the answer is absolutely yes. Thank you so much for the call. Or the question. <laughs> the vernacular gets me. It's like, should I call it a call? Or eh, I'm used to calling it a call. After this many years in in talk radio, they're calls. <sighs> okay, well, uh, let's go to another one. We got, we, got, we got a lot that came in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Hi, Tom and Don. This is Ryan from Florida. I currently have an employer that uses Fidelity for their 401k. And I've been exploring the options that they have within the plan. And I've noticed that in addition to the active funds as well as the index funds, they seem to have a couple of Fidelity enhanced index funds. Seems to be a couple of options. You know, large uh, core value and growth. There's also small, mid, and international. And when I read the description of those online, it, the only difference I see between that and the regular index is... A disclosure in the strategy that says generally using computer-aided quantitative analysis to select stocks that may have a potential to provide a higher total return than that of the respective benchmark. I was wondering if this is Fidelity's version of what Avantis and Dimensional Funds are doing and what your guys' opinion of those are. I wanted to see if there's if there's also anything similar from either Schwab or Vanguard for my brokerage accounts outside. Thank you so much for all of your input. Well, they say that misery loves company. So hi, welcome to the club. We're both suffering under this oppressive heat and humidity in Florida, but the winters are worth it. Remember that. So glad to be going to Northern Europe. <laughs> anyway, you broke the code. Uh, the uh, Fidelity Enhanced Funds are uh, factor-based funds like Dimensional or Avantis. They tilt a little small, they tilt a little value, except they do it for a little bit more money, which is why we don't we don't bother. They're they're more expensive than their DFA and Avantis counterparts, at least the ones I've looked at. Uh, now they are getting ready to convert or uh, create ETFs based on these, so that will lower the cost. But uh, and if you're in a Fidelity plan, they'd be great funds to use. As for your other accounts, if they're outside of Fidelity, well, then you can use the straight Vanguard index funds if you want to be a pure indexer, if you want to be an enhanced indexer, a an academically-based investor, then you, I would suggest, since you're using Fidelity in the, the uh, plan at work, 
you should use Avantis or Dimensional in your other plans. Use their ETF so that you get the tax advantages of ETFs and the lower fees of the ETFs too. So thanks and just keep saving and investing and staying cool. And again, two ways to reach me, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can also call on Saturdays live and talk with Tom and me at 855-935-TALK after 3 p.m. Eastern, before 5 p.m. Eastern. And then you can send your questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. I know we were always talking about uh, I-bonds last couple years, but I just looked it up and it looks like they're down to 3.7%. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, would you pull that and take the hit? I've owned them for two years now and put it into a savings account that uh, I have that's paying 4.5. Just wanted to get y'all's advice and see if y'all think it's going to go back up or down. Um, Thank you for all you do. Oh, you're never going to get us to predict whether rates are going to go up or down or whether inflation is going to go up or down because we know, we know that there's nobody, not even us, and as smart as we are, kidding, uh, who can tell you what the future is going to hold. So, but what I, if, if you bought them for the right reasons, I mean, I bought a couple of them purely as an inflation hedge. That's all they exist for. They were there for inflation. I thought, you know, uh, I can do tips or I can do a couple of these. And I mean, they represent like 2% of my portfolio or 3%. It's not, you know, it's not huge. Uh, But I'm not selling mine because, well, one, my average annual return is still quite good. Two, they're exceptionally safe. Three, the yield is locked in for at least a period of time, whereas the savings rate will fluctuate. Four, I bought them as an inflation hedge. That was the only reason I got them. So they're going to sit there for years and years and years until I need the money as a little teeny, tiny, teeny, weeny bit of an an inflation hedge. That's all I purchased them for. Well, not all. I also purchased them to do it on the show and see how it worked. But I knew what I was getting into when I did that. I knew that I was getting into an inflation edge. So I got nine for a while, six for a while, three for a while. But my average is still quite good. And I'm not a market timer, as I hope you figured out by now. So I'm certainly not going to go trading around. But thanks for the question. I just leave them there if they're not a big deal. And speaking of questions, let's go to our next one. Hi, this is Beth from Pennsylvania. And I have a question about money market. So I have some money in a Vanguard um, money market, about $70,000, and that's our um, money for a car and also our emergency fund. So it, it needs to be in cash equivalent. It's in VMRXX, and I'm confused about how much money it's paying. It says 30-day SEC yield as of the date is 5.06%. And then right next to it, it says... Um, fund average annual returns fee adjusted. And it says year to date 1.93% and one year 3.44%. So I'm confused about what that actually means and how I would use those numbers to compare it to holding it somewhere else, like at a local bank or in a, at an um, online savings bank or something like that. I appreciate everything you guys do. Thanks. 
Well, Beth, we're looking at two different, very different things. The year-to-date yield is how much that fund has returned from the beginning of the year until now. Rates were lower at the beginning of the year. They've gotten higher over time. Or they got higher. Now, well, who knows where they're going? We don't know. You're right now, currently, the seven-day, this just means how much they made in seven days, the SEC yield is five, just over 5%, which is better than almost any bank anywhere. This is also a federal money market, so it's government-backed security, so it's very, very, very safe. The expense ratio is 0.10, so that's where they got their adjusted year-to-date return. They also took off that uh, 0.1% from the annual return to to get you that just under 2% return for the full year. Year-to-date so far, it's about 25 but um, if you look at that number six months from now, it'll be even better. In fact, it would be probably, if you look at it six months from now, it's probably going to, the average is going to be a couple of percentage points better. One and a half or so. So uh, that's what you're looking at. Right now, you're earning 5.06. Remember, money markets fluctuate daily. Their, re- their return changes as the portfolio changes. So as they get in brand new paper, the yields are going up or down based on the yield on that new paper because there's stuff always maturing and then they get new paper. So you're looking for the current return. Right now, that's about five. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Send in your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. Either write them or speak them on the contact form. And here is the last question of the day. Hey, Don and Tom. This is Jeff in South Carolina. Thanks again for all that you do. I have a quick question about my portfolio. I've been using the Paul Merriman Ultimate Buy and Hold portfolio. I went to rebalance last month and noticed it's kind of challenging and time-consuming to balance over those 10 funds over three different accounts. So I'm thinking of switching to three funds, and that would be AVGE, AVUV, and BND. It doesn't seem very sophisticated, though. So is there a point at which a portfolio is too large to just use those three funds where they would not provide sufficient diversification? Or am I just trying to make things harder than they need to be? Thanks. The answer is B. You're trying to make things harder than they need to be. We all want to be more sophisticated in our approach. Yes, we want to have all of these little things that fill all of these niches in the portfolio. And they do, I mean, okay, they do help a little. It, it is, it does add to your overall portfolio diversification, which can improve your risk reward scenario a little bit. But are they necessary? No. If you have less than a million dollars, I don't see any reason in the world why you can't have just three funds. I mean, you could have 10 million. I don't think it really matters that much because these are really well diversified. The only niches you're missing, the little nooks and crannies of the market, you're missing emerging markets. You don't have that, which is a nice thing to have, but not necessarily necessary. You're missing a little bit of real estate. You do have some in there, but you're missing a little bit higher percentage of real estate. Uh, you're going to be valuier. You're going to be smaller. You're going to have a widely diversified bond portfolio. I don't believe there's any need for additional diversification there. So you're covering so many of the bases 
that it does really come down to time. Your Is your time a little more valuable than tiny little fractional of a percent increases in possible return and fractional teeny decreases in volatility? And if you can do your rebalancing, you've actually done better than most people. So if this encourages rebalancing, I think it's better than having all the asset classes. Just my opinion, but it just, <laughs> I think we we do. It's, a way, it's the way our brains work. We want to complicate things. We think we're missing out if we're not making it more complicated. It's just, well, can it really, can, can it be that easy? Yeah. Yeah, it, it can really be that easy. It's just, it's definitely, it's science. Science. These guys are really smart. The Famas and the Frenches and the, and the Markowitzes of the past and others and Bill Sharp, these are all really smart people, but there's a reason they went into economic science as opposed to rocket science. It's <laughs> You look at it in the end, you go, well, darn, that just made sense, huh? Because that's the way it works. The markets just kind of make sense. Thank you so much for all of your questions. I love, love, love answering questions. And it's a good thing I do because I have to do three more question and answer episodes in the next couple of days and then put those in for future podcast enjoyment. I'm sure I want to add something here. I'm just trying to remember what it is. Oh, by the way, yeah, if you do need a little bit more help than we can provide in these short one, two-minute questions, or even on Saturdays when we can spend you know five minutes together, remember... This is the God's honest truth. You want help? We will give you help. Give you, as in give it to you. We're not looking for anything in return. We're not going to charge you. We're not going to put the uh, the high pressure, you know, uh, uh, solar panel sales pitch on you. We're just going to help you. And then if you decide... That was kind of nice. I didn't have to rebalance my 10 funds. Maybe you, I could hire you and you'll do it. Great, hire us. But you're not going to get pushed to do so. You're just going to get help from some very fine advisors who are very smart people and who have worked with uh, both Tom and me many, many for many years. So go to TalkingRealMoney.com and click on Meet an Advisor. Set up an appointment. Even bug Tom. Saturday mornings, he sets those aside just to... Spend some time meeting with you guys. Thank you so much for being there. Please tell your friends. And um, if you get a chance, if you like what you hear, let us know on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review because that lets other people know too. And and we also would like to um, overwhelm the voices of, of dislike. There are people, and there always will be. I'm so used to this. I've been a talk show host for, man. 38 years now, um, people have always hated me. That's okay. But uh, we don't want people to think that this is just always a grumpy, bad, bashing broker show. Okay, it is a lot, but there's a reason. They bring it on themselves. All right, anyway, so go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, rate us on Spotify, take good care of yourselves, tell your friends and your neighbors, and uh, I'll be back really soon so soon like tomorrow talking real money 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.